Proverbs chapter 28. It says in verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Did you notice there it says the wicked flee, but the righteous are bold? It didn't say in good times. It didn't say in bad times. It says the wicked flee, but the righteous are bold. Say, I'm bold. The word lion there is indicating a hierarchy, a place of jurisdiction. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and just keep that thought. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I want to talk to you about being at the right place at the right time. I'm on this, and you should be too. Getting our life structured in Him. You know, if you try to lead an unstructured life without Him, it's what we call chaos. It always leads to trouble. You always have to undo. But in Him, when we structure our lives in Him, then He gives us great liberty. There's a latitude in Him that's greater than the latitude that we have outside of Him. In other words, we conform ourselves to Him, and then we find out there's a, that all of a sudden we're free. People think, oh, if I go that Jesus way, that God thing, well, then, you know, my life will be monastic. It'll be, I'll never come out of prayer. I'll have to read the Bible all the time. I'll only have to hang out with these stoic, uh, dusty people. But it's, you know, it's not the truth. That was a good place to say amen. <laughs> you know, it's not the truth. When we give ourselves to him, then all of a sudden there's a greater latitude, a greater freedom than we ever had before. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know, we, we like this verse, and we know, say, I know. I know. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, that love God, that love God. Now, you know, that love God, Jesus said in John, he said, if you love me, what did he say do? Keep my commandments. So it's not just like, oh, God, I love you. Well, do you really love him? Well, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So all things work together for good to them that love God, verse 28, and who are the called or the appointed according to his purpose. So in other words, you have, a, you have a form on your life. You have a pattern on your life. I'm called. I'm just not a free spirit. Are y'all here this morning? Y'all know any free spirits? I don't have to go to church. You know, I just, you know, I just, I'm just, it's just me and Jesus. Well, you know, not, not everything's going to work out for those folks. They say, I love God. Well, we got to keep his commandments. So uh, there's this, there's this uh, structure in our lives that, that leads us to a conforming or, a, or a, a, a rendering to God that he has authority over us. We, we, we stop our life. I'd like to do this. I'd like to spend that. I'd like to eat that or I'd like to whatever. But we stop and we consider him because we want things to work out in our lives. We want all things to work out. How hard is it to clean up your life when you've had a mess? It can take years. And if it's with children, it, it, it could be all your life. And, and someone's telling us the other day about a spinal injury they had in a wreck, and the wreck just took that long. But the effects of it were going to be forever, you know, barring getting healed and stuff. And so every, we, we don't have, it's kind of like brain surgery. You just don't shop for the best deal. You don't always just shop around and say, would you do this for less? Yes, I, I, I will do it for less. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want the very best when you want bra get brain surgery. Well, that's the way it is with your life. You want the very best. But, you know, Christians, here we are. I saw some signs on some churches, which, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm getting a degree in church, church sinology. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and it just talks about, one of them that I saw this week, just talked about how crazy the world is. That the wor It actually said, the world has gone astray. But I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not entirely true. The world has always been astray. They haven't gone anything. It's just that you used to see it this way or that way, and now you're seeing it different, but the world didn't change. It's always been that way. Actually, we get to thinking, I've got this documented, and I'll bring it to you sometimes, but we think that during the Victorian era that everything was on the up and up and that, that America has slid since then. But I'm telling you, during the Victoria area, era, it was loosey-goosey. It was salacious. 
it was, uh, we've tightened up a lot since then. But most people think, well, it, we've just been sliding. But I'm telling you, it's been rough. Well, here's the truth. The wicked flee when no one pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as lion. The wicked have always been wicked because the wicked are wicked. They, they may put on a conforming. They may look right and do right. They may act better than Christians. But the truth is what's on the inside is coming to the outside. And as soon as you give a vent to them, they're going to do unrighteous things. Never, go, never be unequally yoked with one. Don't ever get with someone that's got their father as the devil as your partner. Don't marry one. I can fix him. Well, you can fix the outside. You can hammer up. You can, you can put some new paint on an old building. But it's the inside that matters. And if it's not born again, I'm telling you, it is going to be a tough sled. You can't do it. So we've always thought, well, we'll just, uh, we'll just uh, uh, work this out in our, own, uh, in our own way, and it'll work out. And it's not, it's, it's not true. Um, what we're seeing in the world is people. Here it is being at the wrong place, at the wrong time, all the time. And you and I have had a touch of that in our lives. And boy, it burns. You can smell the scorch from here. It, any time you got off track, you may not have been able to actually tie an event in your life that you regret or don't like or that's still hurting to a particular thing that you did. But let me tell you, it, it went there. It's got a tie to it. And so all things didn't work together for your good. And if we look there in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 7, it talks about people that pray, people that pray, people that pray in the Holy Ghost and get the, and conform their life to God. It may seem like it's hard. Look at those old people, those, those church people. They have no fun. Listen, having fun a lot of times involves not having chaos in your life. Going home and having your money right and having your marriage right and having your kids right. It doesn't always work in every way at every time, but I'm telling you, if you sit down with sinners sometimes and you talk to them about their life, you can hardly hold your breath. It is so, and they're just like, oh, this is the way it's always been. This, this is just how we live, and you just, you can hardly bear it. Let me just tell you this morning that the, uh, that the wicked, listen, now listen. The wicked are isolated. The world is not crazy, but there are crazy people in the world. The world is not, is, there are wicked people in the world, but I'm not one of them. Now, we got to get this because, see, people, they see trouble in the world and they go, whoo, there's a lot of trouble out there. And so they're afraid of the trouble. And so Christians have backed off because they think it's a crazy and an evil world. But I'm telling you right now, you and I, if we, if we get our lives straightened up, we could go to Israel right now. They're bombing all around Israel. But it's the safest place in the world right now. Now, when it does happen over there, it gets a lot of news. And when it happens in America, we go, yeah, every day, all the time. When it happens over there, they like to make a big deal about it. But, and there's other things that God's going to call you and I to that you'd go, I wouldn't do that. That's bad. That's trouble. Not for you and I because we're, listen, we're at the right place at the right time. It's always good to be at the right place at the right time. The wicked flee. The wicked flee when no one pursued. They're in a whole nother world than you and I. The righteous are as bold as the lion. We come and go as we please to be at the right place at the right time. I'm not lumped in with them. I am not of those people. They are people. They breathe. They pay their taxes. They drive cars. They pump gas and, buy, and they eat the same kind of cookies I do. But I am not those people. I am the righteous. And I'm bold as a lion. And I come and go and do as he has sent me, and he has instructed me. The wicked are out of there. You know why? We're, we, we're not going in there. We're afraid. I'm not afraid. Say it. I'm not afraid. Come on, let's say it. I'm not afraid. The wicked flee when no one pursues. They're afraid. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. We're at the right place at the right time. Now, you may have a a residue of fear that dogs you because you have a past or an experience that you go, 
man, I remember back in 98, you know, I did thus and such, and this is what happened, and it was terrible. And yes, that's in your past, but we're not those people. Things have even changed since then. I've adjusted since 98. Have y'all? Thank God we can. I know more. There's more light in my life, less darkness. And so I've adjusted. And so uh, I don't have car wrecks. And I don't get sick, you know, like I did then. And, and, and things that are, there's an upgrade in my life. You can still point to things and go, well, what about this? You ought to, you ought to road test the wicked and see what they're doing. Now, I put together some things and passed it out to you. And this is by, do you have one, darling? Okay, this is by, does everybody have one? Anybody need one? Now, this, this didn't come out of a book. Now, part of it you, you will recognize because we've used part of it before in various things. In those last ten things, those are favor things that came off of a card that we've passed around for years. But I just, this provoked me. And so I sat down with this. Um, I think there was about ten at the top. And I just let the Holy Ghost talk to me about benefits of being at the right place at the right time. Now you go, well, where's Scripture for these things? I can't always tell you thus and such is the, is the Word of the Lord, but I can tell you, you can back up these things, all of them, with Scripture that are a little broad, that you couldn't say that can't be. You can't say this, this can't be because every one of these conform to what he has for his children. So, I, you know, uh, all things do work together for good. For those that love God, say, I love him. I love well, that means you're doing his commandments. Not just an affection, just not a swoon. Well, Lord, I'm just, I'm swooning for you. Lord, I, I love you. No, I'm doing his commandments. Amen. I'm on it. And then the second thing in Philippians 2, it says, It is God who works in me both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He has a say and a play in my life. In other words, I'm conforming myself to him. I'm not saying my way. I'm saying, Lord, what's your way? You know, Christians, they're famous for this because we are, there's a lot of goats in the body of Christ. Y'all know about sheep, wolves, and goats. And you go, well, what are goats? Goats are little bucky Christians. They buck up. They, 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 they are, they're standing up on the outside, but they're sitting down on the inside. They, they are double-dog daring God to just, just uh, ask them to do anything. They are just, they, everything has to run through a me filter for a goat to see if they feel like it and see if they want to and see how it plays out and see how it looks. Goats are goats. Have you ever had goats? The best thing about goats is, is you can barbecue them. Hallelujah. In Texas, that's what they do. Hallelujah. You shear the sheep and you... Anyway, hallelujah. So, uh, uh, goats, you just got to watch out for. Well, there's lots of goats out there, and, and they have trouble. They're, they're always, they're always uh, pushing back, resisting. They're always got a yeah, but... Y'all notice any things in your past? Maybe you and I used to be that way. Like we used to push back a lot. I know it says that, but. Or I know he said that, but. I know the church is doing this, but. And just, you know, that's goaty stuff. Sheep just say, they say, bah, he's my Lord. I go where he wants me to go. I say what he wants me to say. I'm at the right place at the right time. I just love Jesus, and I'm just wanting to do it his way. And if, if, you know, if someone wants to take advantage of me, they just, you know, he's going to have to protect me because I'm just after him. You know, that's where I am. That's where I'm going. I'm, I'm more and more seeing goaty stuff and saying, Lord, if I don't get rid of that, you're, I know what you're going to do. We're going to cook that thing off. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, uh, y'all are a little tough this morning. I, I, if I could get just an amen from Sinway. Tommy, give me a little help back here. All right. I'm, I'm needing some help. Dear Lord. I, are y'all a little, do y'all need another hour of sleep? Didn't y'all get this thing worked out this week? Let's read them together. And you just, here's, here's why I put this list in your hand. I want to provoke you to believe God. This thing's not inclusive, it's not definitive, it's not, it's not a summary of any kind. It's just things that I dreamed. Some of it was already written out, but I began to dream about things that he would do for me and take the, take the walls out. Let's read it together. Angelic deliveries. 
bills decreased, bills paid off and settled. Could I have a better amen? amen? Blessings and increase. Now look at this. Business doors and windows revealed and opened. Checks in the mail. Debts forgiven. Now look at this one. Discernment, insight, revelation, and understanding. Now, do y'all think that could come to a man or a woman that was at the right place at the right time? Do you think that would be something that would be exclusive to that one versus someone that's a goat that's out here just bucking around? I believe so. Let's say it again. Discounts and dividends, estates and goodly inheritances, favorable settlements, fresh seed to sow, gifts and transfers, goodly houses given and received, harvest on forgotten seed, incomes and interest, interventions. Let's stop there. Interventions. How about if you were at the right place at the right time that God would be able to? I said he'd be able to have an intervention. He'd be able to intervene in your life when nobody else would or could. That he would come and show up and say, enough of this. I'm intervening here because I finally got you over here where we could work. Okay, let's go on. Um, jobs and better jobs. Money miracles. Let's say amen after that one. Opportunity seen and seized, promotions, raises, and bonuses, rebates and returns, relationships severed and relationships restored. Now, you know what that means. God's got to help us know which one's got to go and which ones need to be restored and which ones need to just stay out there not restored because we don't have, you don't know. You don't know. Sometimes you'll be believing God for something that's poison. Don't drink the arsenic. Don't drink it. This, God's got, he finally got that old Bubba out of your life. Thank God. And he's not changed, so you don't, don't be praying him back in. Let's go on. Hallelujah. Where are we? Uh, sales and commissions. Now, here's one. Sabbaticals, special seasons, and times of refreshing. Signs, wonders, and miracles, surprises and suddenlies, tips and favors, unusual benefits. Now, y'all just read the rest of the, the other ten. You know, that's, that's always been on our favor card. But um, um, praise God. I like number nine. Policies, rules, regulations, laws change to my advantage. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, y'all gum that around for a day or two if you want to. I think it'll bless you. I think you, it'll inspire you to, to add to the list and say, you know, I, I, right place, right time would do this for me. And then find the word. Find the word. You don't have to have the particular word, but, you know, just, uh, just that one, those two scriptures at the top covers all of those things and more. Hallelujah. You're special. You're so special. You're a called out one. You may have just figured it out. You may have just got the, got the memo, but he's always thought you were special. And everything about God towards you, his fa the Father towards you, has been called lavish. He is just extravagant in every way. He's just not a tightwad God. We had to get tightwad from somewhere else down here. If it's woven into your life, you've got some work to do because it's not the nature of the greater one. It's from fears. It's from some experience. It's from people, of course. It's demonic help. It's just things that happen and just, you know, bowed you up so that you wouldn't get knocked out again. And it's just you just didn't have faith at the time. But now just put it on. Just put on faith. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous, I am. I am not afraid of anybody or anything. Yes, I've been burned. I've been burned bad. I've been double burned. I've been, I've, I am. You look up burn in the dictionary, it's got my name. I've been so zapped so many times. But I know who I am now. 
and I can cast my care on the Lord. Hallelujah. We've got to get free, y'all. Now, I'm just talking to y'all this morning, but you got to, you can, listen, I saw in the commercial yesterday, I saw the little, the little guinea pig on that, that little wheel thing that goes there, and I thought, oh, God, that is, that is the church going nowhere, faster or slower. It's just, it, and we got to get off of that thing. This is, a job is simply and only a way of, a means to an end. It is never the end. Raising a family is simply to get you in a structure of understanding of how the kingdom works and to get you to caring for someone that absolutely has to have it so that you can put on the attributes of Christ. So many things in our life, we just take it up as our cause. That's who I am. No, it's not who you are. It's just something you do until you discover, to help you discover who you are. Because when you discover who you are in Christ Jesus, then you discover what you have and what you can do. And, you know, that's all we need to know. What do I have and what should I do? Let's go... Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Hallelujah. I can be at the right place at the right time. It is my calling. It is your calling. I know you can do other things, and I know other things are pleasurable. You know, um, you, you, can, you can eat certain things that are a certain amount of pleasure to you because it's just, uh, it's just a, a pleasure to you, but there's, there's exotic foods out there. And I'm not recommending them, I'm just saying there's other tastes out there that you and I have never even put our little gums around. And once you get a taste that, you go, my, my, that's something we can put on the list. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's not all bologna and spaghetti and chicken livers, and, and uh, that's what I was raised on. It was just, you know, it was, so when... <laughs> So when I got out of town and found out there was something, I wanted all of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. First Corinthians. So, so God has a plan to put you at the right place at the right time. And what I was going to say a while ago is that a lot of Christians, here's how they think. They think, here I am. He knows where I am. This is the goat. Here I am. He knows where I am. He knows what I'm doing. If he wants to bless me, or you could insert in there, heal me or prosper me or whatever. He knows where I am. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to get rid of stuff in my life. I don't have to give. He knows where I am. If he wants to bless me, bless God. Just come on and bring it. And if he doesn't, well, then just whatever, God. I'll just live my own life. It's real, it's real fatalistic. It's real negative. It's real goaty. Instead of looking at seeing how, God, how do you do it? Here's how God does it. He says, listen, I've arranged for a place of blessing right over here. And you're coming in and you're going out. It'll be blessed. This is the place of healing here. This is the place of, of, of revelation here. This is a place over here. You boys over there that are over there saying, if you want me to bless, if God wants to bless me, he knows where I am. Get your little carcass over here and get under the place where I'm already blessing. Now, that's novel. That's, that's a whole nother way of thinking to a lot of Christians. Now, you know, we got to do it the way that God says it is, not the way we think it should be. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't think God should do it that way. It really doesn't matter. In America, we drive on the right side of the road. And if you drive on the left side, thinking, thinking, this is a better way, we're going to pick you up and, and we're going to impound your car and... and, and and, and go visit you at room number 722 at DCH. Because you're not going to make it on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> so, listen, we're, we're picking up a lot of Christians that are just saying, I'm going to do it my way. If he wants to bless me, here I am. Well, what it is, it's fear. They just don't know how God blesses, and so they're just kind of giving God a, a way out. Like, well, if, if I'm not blessed, it's because he doesn't want to. It's not because I'm a... I'm a goat and I'm rebellious. Let's all just put our guards down and just come over here and say, Lord, where are you blessing? Because I can walk over there. I can move my life over there. Whoo, this is better, Lord. Peace and grace is better. Having my bills paid is better. Lord, having hope for healing and relationship is better. 
Lord, I'm going to be at the place that you've ordained. Are y'all getting this? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, For ye are bought with a price. Say, I am. Ye are bought with a price and not your own. No, that's not what it says. You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And in 1 Corinthians 7, 23, it says, ye are bought with a price, be ye not the servants of men. I'm bought with a price. That's the point I'm wanting to make. I'm bought with a price. Anybody here want to quote it with me? I am bought with a price. You're not your own. You're not your own. You're not your own. You can, you can take you own out of it. You can say I'm my own, but you're not your own. You're a thief. Living your life for you, by you, when you're born again, is like a man that's married, acting single. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You can't do that. Nothing worse than a single man. A married man acting single. It's the worst thing on the uni- in the universe, I think. The only thing to be close would be <laughs> a woman that's married acting single. It's just, it's, just, it's just against it, and y'all know it. Well, it's the same thing for a Christian. I am bought with a price. So I'm going to be at the right place at the right time. Now, we looked at how religion, uh, rigid religion just said, Lord, bless me where I am. But a spiritual man says, Lord, I'm inquiring about what it would take to get a blessing into my life. And as soon as you open your heart and say, Lord, how does it work? He begins to talk to you. He begins to put people in your life. He begins to open the word to you and tell you how to get blessed. Now, I'm going to tell a story on Eric because you'll never hear it from Eric. But, but uh, right place, right time. Eric, has, uh, he went to University of Alabama and... Uh, he, he did what I should have done. Uh, I went to West Texas State for four semesters and then went to Tech for one semester. And I wanted to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so I went and farmed. I found a way to farm, and I said, I'm going to go farm. But, but Eric just went to school and graduated. I thought it was a waste of time to go to school. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Eric went to the University of Alabama, and he, he, he uh, mowed grass and did everything, paid his own way with the scholarship, and, and it, it cost me virtually nothing. He, he mowed my grass. He was mowing the grass, and plus his insurance, just some little thing. But he, he pretty much paid his own way and everything, and real glad for it. But, uh, but he, he was going to graduate in December. Now, you can stop me anytime I'm telling the story wrong. Nah, just skip it. Let me tell the story. He's going to graduate in December, and he gets a call from Coral Industries, and they said, we've got your resume here. This is two weeks, two weeks before graduation? Close enough. Two weeks before graduation, they call him and say, we've got your resume here. We want you to come by for an interview. He's two weeks from graduating. Whew. We're wondering, what's a resume? You know? So he goes in there, and they said, we're looking for a University of Alabama graduate, a December graduate in accounting, Right now, they interviewed him. They said, you're the man. He had a job before he graduated. How many of y'all believe that, and um, let me back up, we never knew, do we know? We never have known how they got his resume. To this day, and this has been many years ago, we never have known how they got his resume. But he was hired before he graduated. Now, Now, what could you do in the natural sense, to make that happen? Would you even think that taking your resume all over town two weeks before graduation would necessarily have opened the door so for a December uh, uh, accounting grad to, to get a job? It might, and I'm sure there's some that did. But you can just see here that there's something about a, a man's life, a woman's life, that's at the right place at the right time that pleases God and that opens doors. So he didn't have to bum off his parents. I mean, live with his, I mean, uh, wait for a job. <laughs> he, he, got a, he had a paycheck in January. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's just one small example of his life, my life, Debbie's life, and many of your lives where we could see a pattern, we could see evidence of being at the right place at the right time. Now tell me, y'all, nod your head saying, it's happened to me. 
that you know that you have been there and it was always exponentially blessed. It's really, it's the, it's the glow of your Christian life. This happened. When I met this, this, this woman in 1969, we were both just, uh, uh, I was a junior in high school. She was a sophomore. And it, it, it could, could have gone a million ways. For me to be in Seagraves, my father's Air Force retired, and just a thousand ways it should have gone another way, and she's moving. Y'all got stories like this, where it's like, well, who are you, and what are you doing here? But I'm telling you, we didn't even know. Listen, we didn't even know how much we, we, weren't, we weren't anything ministry-minded back then. Let me tell you, we weren't anything about the ministry back then, although I had a heart towards God, and I was going to church all the time. Baptist Church saw me regular, and I, my heart was open and tender towards God. Didn't know much, didn't know how to there, but I was looking for the place of blessing. And I had no pattern or model in my family to, to say this is how it's done, but I just had that. Now, you know, I think that's important. Sometimes kids, when they're just forced to go, they don't get that thing in them that just says, you know, this is the right thing to do. But I had nobody, and, and I went. And God began to open up doors for me that have, ch- that have caused me to be at the right place at the right time and just unspeakable blessings on my life. And I, m- most, if not all of you, don't know the whole story that we have, how God has just made it happen for us in so many ways. We, we have a, a marvelous story to tell, as you do, and I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying this is something we should pursue. It's not luck. It's not happenstance. It's not something that just, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. It's not that. It's that God intervenes. Turn to Ecclesiastes. We've got just a few minutes here. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Now, I talked about some of this last week, but we're kind of going a different way. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, boy, I think it's page 601 if you have a Bible like mine. Doesn't that sound like Joe Morris? Praise God. Now, I'm I'm wanting to wet your whistle this morning to say, you know, if there's a way, if there's a pattern, if there's a a way that could happen, what would it be like to have a life where your resume was at the place that you needed and wanted to work? It was there two weeks before, uh, before you graduated. If your whole life was that, that every event in your life was like that. Instead of a sprinkling, instead of a, you know, like, let me give you a testimony of back in 1983, you know, that's the last time it happened for me or whatever, that we could tell you last week, this is what God did for me. I was just there, and here it just came down, and if I'd been later or earlier or somewhere, it wouldn't happen, but God had me there, and it just worked. This, this is how it's working. This is how it's working, James, is that... All of us, we are, we are pushing and striving and training and educating to be at a particular place that we don't know if God's blessing or not. Yeah. We don't know. We're just hoping. We're just, come on, lucky seven, or whatever they throw, you know, just hoping for the best outcome and trying to position ourselves that, you know, if statistically speaking and average-wise, I'll have as good a chance or better than anybody else. But I'm telling you, when God takes you like David, who was the, the, the least of all the brothers Amen. and wasn't even in the lineup, we're having, we're having interviews for kings today. If you, want to show, if you want to be king, show up. He's on the other side of the hill. But God would not be denied. Why? He had a heart, didn't he? And the, and the prophet looked at all the brothers and said, man, you look good and handsome you are and tall and kingly and righteous. Whoa, buddy, you, this is it. Surely the Lord's anointed is here, he said. But he wasn't. He said, Jesse, is there anybody else? We're missing something here. He said, well, you know, doodad's out in the field. Yeah, worshiping God. And there's the end of the story. That should be our story. Point to yourself and say, that is my story. That's your story from this day forward. Don't settle. Don't settle. 
I talked last week about how to get this into your life, so you may have to get the tape. Hallelujah. But here it says in Ecclesiastes chapter, uh, where are we? Nine, verse 11. Look, look, look. Let's, we got to go real quick on this one. It says, I returned and saw unto the sun that the race, the race, the life, life, life. You know, you just get so many years that the, that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Well, what is it then, Lord? But time and chance happeneth to them all. Well, that's not what it seems to say. It seems like <laughs> no, no need in going to Texas Tech and getting a degree. You can just, because if God wills it, it'll happen. And if God doesn't will it, it won't happen. That's just not so. God has a will in your life. I said, he's got an assignment on you, and it's going to take certain people hooked up to you and certain attributes and skills in your life for it to happen, to happen 100%. Now, there's all degrees of something less than that. If you married, if you married doodad back when you were 14, and y'all were just in sin, you know, you're going to have to make some adjustments. There's just things in our lives that, that are going to take a little cooperation with the Lord. It says there that, but time and chance happen to them all. Let me just tell you how that works real quick. Time, the word time here, time and chance, the word there is F. Say F. E-T-H, F. It's a Bible word, time and chance. It, it, the word means a right event. The, it says time and chance. The word chance there is the word in Hebrew. How are you say it? I don't know. It's P-E-G-A. I'm, I'm going to call it pega, pega, whatever you all want to call it. But the word there means impact. So he's saying here that, that life, success in life, isn't to the skillful, isn't to the fastest, isn't to the smartest. But God has a plan that supersedes it all. He may lead you to get a skill. He may ask you to go get educated. He may ask you to work out so you can be the fastest runner. But without his ordaining or his, 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 uh, his plan in place, you're just taking a chance. Come on. I'm in life. Somehow it's going to work out. So this word, happen. What does it say there? Let me, let me look at it again. Verse 11. But time and chance happeneth to them all. This is a major scripture. The word happeneth there is the word, it's Q-A-R-A-H. And I looked it up. It's kara. Let's just say it together for good. Kara. Now, you need a kara because the word kara in the Hebrew means a right happening. A right place at the right time happening. Now, I don't have time now, but in Genesis chapter 24, you remember Abraham. Abraham's old. And how many sons does Abraham, how many covenant sons does he have? He has one. Does he want her, him to have a, a Philistine or a Amorite wife? No, he says, we got to get a girl from back home that's got the same stuff we got. So he goes to what the Bible calls his senior servant. Doesn't give him a name, just says he's been with him forever. And he calls, he calls him in. He said, he said, I need a wife for my son. And he said, I want you to go back. This is in chapter 24 of Genesis. I want you to go back to my family, and I want you to find him a wife. Ah, how would you like to do that for the, 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 yeah, Abraham, and get it right? So uh, Johnny gets on the camels, and he heads back out to the old home place, and after a, several whatevers gets there, and he looks around, and he prays a prayer. Oh, i got to read that to you. It's in Genesis chapter 24. i got to read you this prayer. Because, see, we can read that. We can say that prayer. It says in chapter 24, he said in verse 12, he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee. Look, look. Send me good speed this day. That's the first place in the Bible that the word kara, kara or kara, is used. 
Send me, give me good speed. That's an old English word, but the word means right happening. In other words, he was saying, intervene here, Lord, so that me, a mere human, will have a heavenly event come to pass. Y'all, we've all had them. Anybody say, I've had one. I've, had, I've been at the right place at the right time, and thank God it saved me. But I've, I've got a few testimonies of being, of, of being the little goat thing that overrode God's right place, right time. I checked in with my emotions. I checked in with how I felt. I've checked in with the fun factor. This ain't going to be fun. I checked in with the money factor. I ain't giving that much money. I'm not going to take out of my comfort zone. Y'all ever y'all been there? Like, uh, you knew, you knew what, what God was saying, but you just checked in and said, this isn't happening. So you head off to your own way. And then the story moves forward. You know the movie that says six months later that comes on the screen? So six months later, you're going, oh, my God, how am I going to get out of this? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? One time we sold our house in, in Seminole. We sold it to the... the uh, County attorney that was in my church. He was an upright man, a tongue talker. I sold him my house and said, "Will we, he says I don't have the money right now, but but uh, in six months I'll have it and I'll get my own loan if you'll just co-sign the note. We'll have this thing in six months, and I'm the county attorney, and I'm in your church, and I love God, and you can do it." And we said, "We don't want to do it, but we'll do it." Let me tell you, that little dog will follow you all the way home. And so did it. All these things in our lives that we go, that was wrong. But God was all over us. And we were, you know, that thing in your stomach that feels like gravel, you're going, ah. But there was no other way that day. There would have been, but that day it seemed like we need to hurry up and get this. That's a long story, and I didn't mean to take a long time telling it, but I'm saying this this man of God, he had he asked God for a kara, for an eth. He said, Lord, I must have an eth. My master Abraham, his his son's bride, it, the whole earth will be filled with people coming out of her. So he said, Lord, so he, he kind of threw the, the, the bones out there and said, Lord, I'm asking you to help me. And so sure enough, Sarah shows up, just like all the good-looking girls in that time. She, she, uh, yeah, Rebecca, excuse me. Yeah, we already had Sarah. Rebecca shows up, and she's getting water, you know, to haul back to town. And, and, uh, and uh, he said, Lord, confirm this as a kara. And she said, uh, she said to him, uh, can I water your camels? So anyway, the story works out. Isaac is pleased. Abraham is pleased. It was a kara. And the Bible is full of these things where God intervenes in people's lives to get them at the right place at the right time. Listen, people want to live to be 100 years old? Why? Why would you want to live at the wrong place doing the wrong things and being at the wrong time 100 years? You can do more on the weekend, with God's right place, right time intervention, than you can do in all year long on your own. Yeah, you'll have to do some things. You'll have to seek God. You'll have to, you'll have to do what this said. You'll have to get rid of some folks in your life, maybe. Maybe you'll have to embrace some folks. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you about this church. Just Can I just say just for a moment? Coming to this church, we've had people say they'd love to come to this church, but you don't have any people that are good looking like I'm looking to marry. <laughs> you know, I'm looking where there's some babes, hallelujah, and you ain't got no babes here. And I'm looking for some hunks, and I'm looking around, and there ain't that many hunks, you know. So, uh, <laughs> bye. Did I tell the truth? And do you think, do you think, you know, or we, they'll say, we don't like your music. I don't either. Not now. I'm not saying now, but I'm saying, you know, y'all don't have a keyboard in a band. We don't like it. I said, I don't like it either. But I don't play the piano, and I don't toot the horn, and I don't lead the music. So we, here it is. 
But do you believe that if you were to endure not having babes and, and bucks here, if you were to endure not having the greatest music, that it still could be the right place for the right time to advance your life? In other words, you might go to a church or a place where they have smoke machines and, and you know, firepower, and, but it might not be the thing that puts your life in the place that made it wor worth living. Can't believe I did it either. Hallelujah. Let me say this right here and then I'll be through. Either you or Jesus are Lord. There is no fence in this matter. There is no straddling. If Jesus is not Lord, I'm not talking about friend, I'm not talking about Savior, I'm not talking about I like him a lot and, you know, I'm going to... I'm talking about Lord. Say Lord. Come on, say it better. Lord. If he's not Lord, there's, a, there's not any other way. It's either Jesus is Lord or you are Lord. Now, we can always be moving towards him being Lord, but until he is Lord, you are Lord. And you cannot get a kara until he's Lord. You can get on the edge, you can see some things, you can, you can touch one, and you can even see some things from a distance that you go, yeah, and you can move towards that, but I'm talking about a lifestyle where you just go, I'm at the right place at the wrong, right time. The wicked flee, they're not at the right place because they ran off, but the righteous, I'm as bold as a lion. I go in when there's no music or no multiple classes or no, you know, in other words, I take this job or I marry this girl or I, you know, not every girl that a guy wants to marry is the most beautiful knockout thing that anybody's seen. But let me tell you something. When someone is beautiful to you, they're beautiful. You go, who were you with last night? Talking about guys in a dorm, you know, who, who, who were you with last night? You know, what was that? Oh, man, she is it. She is the knockout. She is my life. She is everything. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And that is one way God, through desires, we'll talk about another time, he leads you into these right place, right time. So if you're looking for Miss Universe or Mr. Mr. you know, whatever, and you go, he's got to be such and thus, you may not be at the right place at the right time. It doesn't mean you have to go looking for a, you know, don't say it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that the, the better the better. It just means when it's good to you, God's in it especially when it's not obvious to everybody. You know, it's not a trophy. That's what I should say. I'm using that as one example, but sometimes a job, people will take a job, and they go, man, you're not on a fast track to go to the top. Yeah, but this is where God's got me. I see several people in here where they've taken jobs or taken positions, and you go, that's not going anywhere. But then if you just wait a little while, you go, this thing went around the corner and over the hill, and all of a sudden, it's on top, Wanda. Right place, right time. I submit to you this morning, before we quit, that it's important. It is. It's worth pursuing. It'll erase your mistakes. It'll take care of the past. He's the great vindicator. He's the great redeemer. And listen, if you'll please God with whoever you are, you know, not, not, not everybody can please God the way somebody else pleases God, but if you'll just say, God, I'm going to please you, that means he's Lord. You, I mean, at least you're making a stab at, Lord, I, I want you to be the Lord of my life. How do you do that, Lord? I don't know, but here I go. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to go to church. That's just something we do to start. If you'll please God, I'm telling you, he will please you. He wants to please you even if you don't please him, but he can't because you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's where the curse is. you got to be where he is. People say, I don't need to go to church. I'll just watch church on TV. That'll be good enough. It won't happen for you. That's right. 
You can, you can get a lot of things off of TV, and I'm all about it, but you can't get right place, right time. Well, let's stand up. That's enough of that. Praise His name. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I will tell you, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you're not at the right place at the right time. You may be looking in and, and walking beside, but God wants you to be full of Him. Y'all say amen. amen. Oh, He wants you to be full of Him. So you ought, to, you ought to get a book. You ought to read a tape. Listen to a tape. You ought to come up and say, pray for me. I don't even know what that is. Take a step towards getting in the right place. And he'll start moving towards you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, let's lift our hands. Hallelujah. We're in church. We're in the place where God is this morning. I mean, he's here today. And he wants to move in your life in a way that he's never been able to because, not because of him, but because of you. Well, Lord, I'm adjusting right now. I'm adjusting. I'm making place for you to be in my life. Now, 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 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Who? thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Deb, do you have anything before we go? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you all to do something before we go. I want you to find somebody in your life. This is the best way. Anybody ever know how the best way to grow in church is when you go to children's church and you teach them? Or you go to youth and you teach them. You will grow like a... And find somebody in your life to say, I'm going to help you. Don't tell them I'm going to help you. Just sidle up to them. And just say, hey, how are you doing? And just start saying, what can I do for you? Anything? Well, pray for this, and you know, I need help with that. And start pouring yourself into somebody else. Say, I can do that. Can do that. You, you sure can. Don't tell them, listen, I've got, I'm on assignment here, and I'm supposed to be helping somebody, and you sure do need help. Just, just take what God's put in you and find somebody that needs what you have. Now, here's what will happen. God will start sending somebody into your life that has what you need. Praise God. Brother Lawrence, come up here and dismiss us. Church, I'll just take a few minutes. Pastor, was saying we're in the right place at the right time. I confess that all the time when I go places. It wasn't too long ago we had the, our pastor here from uh, Wales. Mm -hmm. He and his wife was ministering to all of us up here across the front. And he got up toward me and he said, he said, well, the Lord's going to stretch you. These things he wants you to do. You know, places he wants you to go. I saw it. I said in my heart, I said, Lord, you know, I stay pretty busy. It is. I'm going a lot of places. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> Hundreds of miles. But this last week, I got a call from my sister in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I knew her son had been sick for quite some time. I'll say several weeks. He hadn't eaten in six weeks. She told me she began to cry. She said, sent him to the doctor and he's diagnosed with cancer. He was given one to two months to live. Wow. One to two months to live through tears. And I told her, I said, listen, I'll be out there in a few days. I was already scheduled off that week to be in Orlando. I told you I'd go a lot of places. I knew I needed to be in Tulsa. So I told Kathleen I had to go out there. I had to cancel these other things. We had that ball game that Saturday night. I got in bed about 2 o'clock Sunday morning, and I left here around 9 or so that Sunday morning, headed west. I had contacted a few people to pray and intercede for him also. I talked to a friend of mine in Tulsa. Some of you know him, Nigel Arnold and his wife. And had gone up to see him. Of course, he didn't know them or anything. So I finally got there at 1130 Monday morning. When I got to the hospital, I walked in the room where he was at, and he stretched out on this gurney in there. He's a big man, about 6'2 or 3. If you saw him walking down the street, you'd want to avoid him. He's an ex-con, 
been spent two long terms in prison. One time he said, Uncle Lawrence, I don't know how many times I've been arrested. I've used every drug that you can name. About three years ago, he decided to make it right with the Lord, and he went all the way. He went for a long time without employment, and, but he wouldn't give up. He knew God was real, and he'd witnessed the life of different people and in our family. As I walked in that hospital room, he was stretched out there in front of me. His father, which is my ex-brother-in-law, and his stepmother was in the room. Now, their background is Baptist. There's several Baptist pastors in their family. So when I left here, I always carried a lot of books and tapes and things with me. I was listening to CDs and praying in tongues between here and Tulsa, off and on wherever I was driving. I did have to stop and get some sleep. But when I walked into his room, I laid my hand on this man's forehead and I began to pray over him and pray in tongues and I bound that spirit of cancer in the name of Jesus. I commanded that spirit to come out of him and then I began to speak to the parts of his body. He had brain cancer, he had lung cancer, he had liver cancer. That's it. Everything from top to bottom ate up with cancer. He had one to two months to live. So I asked the Lord, I want a complete restoration of every damaged organ in this man's body. I speak to the marrow of his bones and command it to produce pure blood in his body. This was around noon on this last Monday. That evening, my sister was sharing with me, he'd had a tumor in his brain and it was putting pressure on a certain part of his brain that he couldn't speak right. That he couldn't say his words. That evening, that tumor had already shrank, and he's speaking correctly. That next morning, that Tuesday, I got back up there to visit with him. My sister would stay up there at night, and she'd sleep on a couch in there with him. I went back that next morning, and I was talking to his dad. I hadn't spoken to that man in many, many, many years. And I'm always loaded down. I had some books with me. I could tell you the, the titles of them, you know, because I left to study. So I gave them to him, and I noticed something. This man would receive everything I said to him, every word. He received that from what I had to share with him. So while I was there, my nephew had to continue to have these treatments. You know, those treatments would make him sick. Now, see, he couldn't eat anything because he'd throw up this feeding him intravenously. But before I left, I had my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law. He was studying everything I put in his hand besides the scriptures I'd shared with him. On this last Wednesday, I had to take my sister to another part of Oklahoma while I was there. Incidentally, they had earthquakes while I was there and tornadoes. <laughs> so I, I was sharing with her I needed to get back to Alabama and I've been praying for him all the time I was there I keep my hands on him because I know the life of God will flow from me into somebody else sometimes I don't even have to touch him I can just be close to him and I watch this happen so I told her I said I need to get back I know I needed to leave so I left there that Wednesday afternoon, and I got home Thursday evening. And while I'm gone, this man that couldn't walk or stand hadn't eaten in six weeks. He's up walking, talking, taking showers, eating all the food he could eat. And my sister told me he ate so much this Thursday, it actually made him sick. <laughs> and it wasn't, that, wasn't the, the cancer doing that to him or the, or the drugs. He just ate so much. And uh, so anyway, and this morning, about 7 o'clock or so, he contacted me. He texted me, and I had to call him back, and we had a good conversation. He was just sharing about the miracle he received in his body. He was so concerned before I got there that he was going to die or go to hell. The devil had lied to his mind. Because he, he was saved. He was born again. Praise God. But this is being in the right place at the right time. When I told the Lord many years ago, I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. 
it didn't take him very long to take me up on that. <laughs> Not very long. But I love good reports, and I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. I would like for y'all to make this confession with me, if you would, and then we'll go. Say, so our church, our church is, growing, is growing, flowing, flowing glowing, glowing, and sowing. And sowing. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.